Welcome to Theology Thursday, an, an ecumenical, ecumenical space for students for to students discuss, discuss matters of faith and, and theology. theology. Oh, man. Got her. Wait. I wanted to join you. Hey, Johnny's still not with us. He's, he's, n- he's no sti- longer with us. He's still no longer with us. I just got to tell you, and you may have noticed if you're listening last week, we're just still recording from that one. Um, I'm very tired. Hi, tired. I'm Ryan. Well, that one gets funnier every time. Um, I my brain cells aren't working very well. So yeah, we back, a- yeah, I mean, we actually it's it's one week after the last episode was recorded. We we're both wearing the same outfits, and we're back here. Johnny <laughs> is still s- no longer. We've been with sleeping us. in this room. Um, no, I gotta say. So, like, typically now we record like this is the first time we've recorded like late at night. In a while, we used to only record. Yeah, late it's at night. like after hours right now. After hours, we used to record only late at night, and now we kind of record like early afternoon, usually on a Sunday. And so usually we're also over in that building where like that's it. I went down to grab a cord earlier, and it's like it's all the other lights in the church are off. It's spooky. Any kids who like group and any of you who grew up as youth group kids, you ever played like? tag or, or sardines is what they called it <laughs> yes. just like a, sardines yep an adult version of hide and go seek um uh, sort of well it's not really an adult version it's just spooky version it's a spooky version turn off all the lights and if you find the person you have to stay with them yeah so and, and yeah in this in this game in sardines all the lights are off one person hides the rest look for this person and if you find this person you don't announce it you hide with the person. And the idea is people will slowly start to find this person and hide with them. And then by the end of it, there will only be one person remaining all by themselves looking for the group of people. And it's spooky. Yeah, everybody would scare each other and all the lights are off and you're in a... You're in a dark church. It's also a problem. Like it's not. It's 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 a terrible idea because then you also have children like hiding places and making out, and you have to like break it up and stop it. So yeah, it's it's a youth pastor's worst nightmare. Uh, but but I will, as a youth, it was loads of fun. Yeah, not because we were making out with anyone uh, during <laughs> yeah, sardines. We were not making I mean, out. I I wasn't. I don't know about you. I was not I making wasn't. out. I wasn't. Um, we were scaring each other, but, uh, it was, we were scaring each yeah. other. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was fun. Um, and, and you have the whole church building. So that's what I felt like when I basically, I, I thought I was going to be attacked when I went to get the, my, my charging cable. Um, I thought I was in a game of sardines. Um, so it's really spooky right now, but we're going to finish this. We're going to finish. Um, we're on to the third of the seven churches. Pergamum. Per- Pergamum? Yes. Pergamum. Yeah, yeah that seems about right. Pergamum. Um, so Revelation chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. Read away, my friend. I shall. <clears throat> Write to the angel of the church in Pergamum. Thus says the one who has the sharp, double-edged sword. I know where you live, where Satan's throne is. Yet you are holding on to my name and did not deny your faith in me. Even in the days of Antipas, Ant- Antipas. Antipas, Antipas, my faithful witness who was put to death among you, where Satan lives. But I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught uh, Balak, is it pronounced Balak? I think it's Balak, to place a stumbling block in front of the Israelites, to eat meat, sacrificed to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. In the same way, 
you also have those who hold to the teachings of the Nicolaitans. So repent, otherwise I will come to you quickly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the church says. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name is inscribed that no one knows except the one who receives it. Okay, this is the first of the seven. The first two were pretty clear, right? This one has some weird stuff in it. Yeah. It's got some weird stuff in it. We should talk about it. Um, first of all, there's a lot. I mean, it, it several times, several times it has said the place where Satan lives. Yeah, so apparently Satan lives in Pergamum. Um, Pergamum was the center. We mentioned last week this imperial cult um, in Asia, throughout the Roman Empire. This was the center of the imperial cult. Um, the bowels of the imperial cult. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of weird stuff going on. So, so worshiping the emperor was linked to you know just being a loyal citizen, being a patriotic just individual, doing, doing your civic duty, just doing your patriotic civil duty. Thus, refusal to participate was not only, you know, faithless and godless, but it was subversive against the government and, and, and all these things. So Christians actually, because they rejected the emperor and the Roman god, they were called atheists. Like, you don't believe in God. What? Kind of ironic that the Christians were called atheists because um, and they, they, were, they were accused of hating the human race because they just weren't good patriots. They refused to show political loyalty to the emperor and thus to the Roman people. And what I find mildly frightening about this is it seems oddly similar to some events today. Oh. Um, now, I don't want to get too, you know, but um, I would say we've had some close to emperor worship type things happen in recent history. Really? Um, and it be linked with faith in a way that is inappropriate, that if you don't follow this leader, if you don't think everything he does and says is right, sounds kind of like worship to me, then you are not a true Christian, and mm. you hate humanity because you don't want what's best for them. <laughs> um, look, we don't have to name names. You try not to get political on here. My point is, whatever political side of the spectrum you're on, Revelation is a very political book, and it, it calls out in no uncertain terms um, the sin of intermingling your faith with loyalty to an earthly ruler. That should not be done. By the way, we're all for patriotism. Yeah, it's we've okay. Talked, we've talked about this before, um, but when we make our nation or our political party or our political um, figure, figure uh, when we idolize them, that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah, I, I like the USA. It's there's nothing wrong with it. I love being an American. I love living in America. But I like the song, proud to be an American. I don't even know that I go that far. But I, you know, I'm I'm my, <laughs> mildly patriotic sometimes, and I, you know, I I I, I, I like watching fireworks. Yeah, I like watching fireworks and eating hamburgers. Um, so no, but 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 jokes aside, there there is nothing wrong with patriotism, and um, uh, but when it becomes nationalism, it becomes idolatry. 
Um, and, and unfortunately, what we see is nationalism linked with our faith. Um, and when that happens, it is really, really concerning. And I was just struck, and I continue to be struck, with how similar that problem as described in Revelation is to some of the things we've seen today. Um, so, the sharp double-edged sword. Um, this is something that's mentioned in the description of Jesus earlier, uh, the sword coming from his mouth, his word. Um, but also, the double-edged sword was a symbol of Roman justice. Mm. Um, so that would have been familiar to the people, just culturally speaking. Yeah. Um, so, so this is telling the church, putting that in Christ's hands, that it is Christ who brings ultimate justice, not the Roman officials, not the judges of the land. The ultimate power belongs to God. Um, and that seems to be the emphasis of Revelation as a whole, yeah. um, is, is, is Christ's supremacy over the powers of this earth. So it seems to me Pergamum, Pergamum seems to, be the, to have the opposite problem of Ephesus. Well, yeah, the, the Nicolaitans popped up again. Yeah, so to the Pergamum... We talked about them last week. They were in the, were in the letter to the church to Ephesus, and Ephesus... Ephesus, they had they had all the doctrine right, but they lost their first love. They they had already kicked out the Nicolaitans. So yeah, they didn't fall for that, that, that sphere. This is the opposite. So for the for those in Pergamum, they're faithful to Jesus. They're 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 holding strong. Yet they apparently there are false teachers coming in um, and uh, putting in stumbling blocks, uh, uh, spreading sexual immorality. Uh, and, and inviting in the teaching of the Nicolaitans. So it's, uh, to me, it seems to be the opposite problem of Ephesus. Yeah, Wh- which I, I, I noticed that too, and I think it's interesting. Um, again, I want to reemphasize that we don't know much about who the Nicolaitans were or, or what that heresy was. That's not really the point. Um, they worship Santa Claus. And especially, especially when you see um, the... Uh, the 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 contrast here between the two churches and and, and the Nicolaitans brought up again here. Um, I, I think the point is um, that some um, believers, um, perhaps churches, um, local bodies, have a tendency, uh, individuals, um, to uh, really really care about doctrine and being right and truth, but they don't love people very well, and they don't love Jesus very deeply. They don't have an intimate relationship with him. But the opposite can also be true. You can just be full of love for others um, and and even for Jesus, but get so caught up in the the passion and the emotion of it and, and this just this be nice to everybody and that, warm fuzzies. Yeah. Well and that, and that's what I think is is if if you're you're so loving that you're not paying attention to doctrine, then um, the Nicolaitans can come to the potluck and lead the devotion before we start, and it doesn't matter because we, <laughs> we all love each other. Um, and so I, I think there's there's a balance here is, is truth and love, um, and we need to care about both of those things, uh, not one more so than the other, but um, equally. And, and, and we need to um, pursue both of them simultaneously. Yeah, they're both important, and just as Jesus told those in Ephesus to repent, otherwise you'll come quickly, he says the same thing to those in Pergamum in verse 16. So repent, otherwise I'll come to you quickly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. 
So Jesus calls both Ephesus and Pergamum to repentance. <laughs> um uh yeah oh and then he says something cool okay <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so what's going on at the end there with the uh the hidden mana and the white stone with the name and the stuff well the hidden mana i mean we we think about the the exodus story and as the israelites are just kind of wandering around in the wilderness uh what does uh god feed them he feeds them manna uh, which is like a mystery bread, you know. It's like manna literally means like, what is it? I don't know. Um, but yeah, the the point here is that uh, Jesus will sustain us with His manna, the spiritual manna, um, which is life. That's it, it's His spirit. Um, and then He also gave them a white stone. So the white stone thing. Today we're like, what a white stone. This would have made sense to them back then. They'd be like, oh yeah, I want a white stone. So. Back in the olden days, uh, when there was like a competition or uh, some kind of like maybe a race or you think of like the Olympics or something of that nature, the victors would get a white stone. And what the white stone was, it was like a ticket. And the ticket would get you into a nice big banquet and you get to party it up. So that's the significance of the white stone. It's it's your ticket in, uh, and so I mean the 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 image to us here then is that uh, Jesus gets us in. Um, I mean we, we again look going on Revelation imagery. You know our names written in the book of life, and uh, and so we are invited to the uh, the marriage feast of the Lamb. Yeah, so it's kind of like Jesus taking one of Tom Brady's Super Bowl rings, writing your name on it, and putting yeah. it right there. That's the other, your free ticket to Disney World. The other cool thing that the white stone represents also, um, that scholars also note, is that the white stones were used by jurors in trials to vote for an acquittal. Hmm. So, so again, the imagery, the imagery here still works. Jesus votes on our behalf uh, to, to wipe our slate clean. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So... Ryan, this is the point where I don't have any more notes. I didn't get this far. I was trying. You, you I was had reading. a whole week, Connor. I I know, Ryan. I I I have lots of commentaries. And I was trying to use all of them. I was trying to get a fair, you know, even look. I just didn't get to this last church. Um, uh, but to be fair, I was moving all of this podcast stuff over here. So, well. It's time for you to step up as a Coco host. I'm the co-host, not the Coco. Oh, that's right. Yes. I just demeaned you. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I just I miss our Coco host. Yeah, he's no longer with us. He's no longer with us. Okay. The letter to Thyatira. Write to the angel of the church in Thyatira. Thus says the Son of God, the one whose eyes are like a fiery flame and whose feet are like fine bronze. I know your works, your love, faithfulness, service, and endurance. I know that your last works are greater than the first, but I have this against you. You tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and teaches and deceives my servants to commit sexual immorality and to eat meat sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent but she does not want to repent of her sexual immorality. Look, 
I will throw her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her into great affliction. Unless they repent of her works, I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am the one who examines minds and hearts, and I will give to each of you according to your works. I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who haven't known the so-called secrets of Satan, as they say, I am not putting any other burden on you. Only hold on to what you have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my works to the end, I will give him authority over the nations, and he will rule with them with an iron scepter, and he will shatter them like pottery, just as I have received this from my father. I will also give him the morning star. Let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. So, we have the final we have the final uh, uh, letter in chapter two. This is to uh, the church in Thyatira. Uh, unlike Connor, I have no fun facts for you about Thyatira. I just know that it is a city that has a church, uh, and this is the letter to them. But we see uh, that. Uh, Jesus recognizes here that they have love, they have faithfulness, they have service, and they have endurance, which are all great things. Uh, he even says, he says, I know your last works are greater than the first. So Jesus here is saying, things are just getting better and better. But, there's a big but here. I have this against you. Uh, among them, uh, they apparently tolerate a woman named Jezebel, who's a, a prophetess, uh, or, or really a false prophetess. And uh, what Jezebel does is she encourages people to partake in sexual immorality. Now, Jesus uh, has given her time to repent, but she hasn't. And so here it says that uh, I will throw her into a sickbed and those who also uh, indulge uh, with her. And then uh, Jesus says, you know, everybody else, if you don't hold to these teachings, the teachings of Jezebel, um, and, who, and he also calls them the so-called secrets of Satan, uh, and that phrase is actually in quotes, the so-called secrets of Satan, as they say. Uh, he's, Jesus is not going to put any more burden on them. He's just like, just those who are faithful to me, keep being faithful. So really the main problem here in Thyatira is Jezebel. Now, is Jezebel a real person? Uh, scholars, some scholars say yes, uh, Jezebel actually is a real person named Jezebel who was a false teacher in Thyatira. Others say, well, maybe no, maybe she just represented a group of people or, or uh, a teacher or whatever. Um, maybe she's not named Jezebel. Um, really, uh, when we think of Jezebel, uh, Jezebel could be an allusion uh, back to a passage in, I believe, it's First Kings. Uh, the uh, oh yeah, uh, so Jezebel here mirrors in First Kings Jezebel of Tyre, who married Israel's king Ahab, and King Ahab turned out to be uh, a bad king, and because and partly because of Jezebel. Uh, Israel fell deeper into idolatry. So the Jezebel here in Revelation very much mirrors that. So maybe Jezebel's a real person, maybe she's not. The bottom line is that Thyatira is uh, being, the church in Thyatira is being influenced by false teaching. Um, 
And Jesus just repent. Those yeah. those who who don't who are who aren't following Jezebel, keep going strong. You know what's interesting about the seven letters and the Book of Revelation as a whole is it seems very complicated at first glance. There's seven letters and there's these locations and we we get so lost in the details. But especially what we'll see when you know next week or the following episode, whenever we we wrap up. All seven of the churches finished chapter three. You can kind of summarize the general message that all seven of them have. Yeah. Which is avoid false teaching, love Jesus and each other, and um, stay strong. And persevere. Yeah, stay strong. Persevere. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, that, that seems to be the common thread through these. We do see in verse 26, he says, The one who conquers and who keeps my works to the end, I'll give him authority over the nations, and he'll rule them with an iron scepter. He'll sh- he will shatter them like pottery. Um, for many dispensationalists, uh, they see this this verse as the first reference to like uh, the the literal rule of Jesus here on earth for a thousand years. Um, I'm not a dispensationalist. I don't see that. Um, but uh, many dispensationalists do see that here in this text, so do be aware of that. Yeah, we like to point out the dispensational views, even though they're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, you win some, you lose some. You win some, you lose some. They're still Christians, you know, we just disagree on eschatology. Yeah, I think that's where dispensation gets the weirdest is the eschatology. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know? they, I mean, they have other weird stuff, but yeah, it's really yeah, the eschatology. It, it, can, it can get real weird in the eschatology, and and, and here's why. I want to emphasize this again. If we're going to have criticism, we need to have a reason, right? Because um, it's silly. Because it's silly. When you try to box in, especially the book of Revelation, but scripture and history in general so much um, – you're desperately looking for meaning and all these different things, and it changes depending on the time of history that you're living in and the context that you're living in. Yeah. Um, it's, but, you know, it's, dispensationalists are not the only ones guilty of that. No, no, uh, we, we all do that. And, 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 and that's why it's so important to focus on what are the timeless truths of Scripture um, that transcend culture, context, that are just true about God, about us, um, and there are many of those, and I think those are really what we should focus yeah, on. And, and I mean, the the lesson in chapter two here is very clear: persevere, flee from sexual immorality, flee from false teachings, stay strong, love Jesus. The, those that's uh, those are timeless truths for us to hold on to. Yes, they are. Well, Ryan, thank you for having notes where I I did not. No, I wasn't sure if the uh, my notes really had much substance, but no, uh, mine would have had more, but I didn't get around to it. So, yeah, so I guess I won in the end. I would have. <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Hey, you win some, you lose. I some. would. I would have had some fun facts. You know, that's. I always try to yeah, come in clutch this, with the fun yeah, facts. I, I um, you do bring the fun to to the. I'll and look. I'll I'll be more prepared next week. I'm really trying here. Yeah. Um, you know, I've almost quit doing this podcast so many times. There's just so many other things going on in life. Hey, stay strong. Persevere. But we're going to stay strong and persevere. Yeah. Um, hey, there's an after show, too, and we're going to have to stay strong and persevere and record that. So you should go uh... give us money and listen to it. Don't worry, Ryan. It's going to be okay. I have a wonderful idea for the after show. Oh, okay. It's actually going to be super fun. Yeah, I have yeah. for two after shows. Cause it was last week. 
Oh, right, right, right. It's going to be so fun. I have an idea for both. Nice. Go watch it. Give us your money. Uh, Ryan? Yeah, yeah.